0: Welcome to The Connection Project. Join hosts Lisa Bosman, Jen Verger,
1: and
2: Emily Olson
0: as we interview guests and discuss themes connecting us to well-being.
2: Hello and welcome to episode two. Today we're so grateful to have the amazing Diane Phillips join us to discuss presence. Jen, as you have introduced us to her today, um, do tell. Why don't you get things started?
3: I will do that. Diane, you and I have been friends for a long time, but I stole you from my mom because you were friends with her first. And uh, when we were talking about guests to have on the podcast, you, well, I remember when I was telling you we were going to do a podcast actually in the first place. And uh, you jokingly said to me, "Well, are you going to have me on as a guest?" <laughs> and now here you are. And uh, you know, I guess you're a little bit in shock. But you know, be careful what you ask for. So, I I'm just really I'm really <laughs> thrilled to be sitting here with my two buddies, and now to see my other buddy sitting here. You look so professional. And I'm glad that you dressed up for this podcast. It's, <laughs> you just look stunning. So
1: how are you feeling? I am feeling great. I am <laughs> feeling great. It, it's really, so far, it's been so darn much fun being with you guys that I don't think I ever want it to end now. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: That's how we feel most of the time too, right? Well, that's, yeah, oh, no. Super. Okay.
1: No,
3: no, we do, <laughs> right. Lisa. It's okay. We do. So, so, well, unfortunately the podcast, you know, doesn't go for as long as you might like it to, but we really want to, um, find out about you and have our listeners hear about the spectacular person that you are. I have enjoyed so much my friendship with you. You've brought so much joy and, and, you know, today the the topic is presence and, um, you have brought. A lot of presence actually into my life because there've been, you know, I'm sure that you'll go into it a little bit about, about yourself, but there happened to be some pretty spectacular things about you. You may disagree, but I'll correct you on that, hmm. that have, um, you know, caused me to spend more and more time with you and really enjoy what it feels like to be in your presence. And as much as you may deny it yourself... I find that you are one of those people that helps bring me into the moment with just the way that you are, your sense of humor, your light heart, your kindness, and your concern and care for so many people and animals in the world. And so I can't think of, of a better person to come and be our guest on presence. Thank you, Jen.
1: That was beautiful. <laughs> So, you're feeling okay, I am feeling great what's going what's
3: going on in your in your head? What's running through your your mind as you're sitting here and trying to be present?
1: Well, I'm in a presence of mind right now where I just feel so comfortable with you people that I feel that I will be able to talk about myself. Um, I'm not usually comfortable about talking about myself as Jen well knows i think i am overrated a lot <laughs> very much so but um she keeps assuring me that that i'm the real deal and it gives me a lot of um a lot of encouragement to carry on forward and do what i'm doing and but doing it possibly even better as time goes on and life goes on. It just depends on what's presented in front of me, how I will handle it or how I will deal with it. I've always said that um, it doesn't matter what you're dealt with. It's how you deal with it that it matters. And I sort of take my cue from that. And every time I write. up I have to deal with a challenge. I thought, okay, we gotta handle this. We gotta deal with this. It doesn't matter what the challenge is, we deal with it. Wow, thanks Diane for sharing that. So
2: you're in your late thirties. <laughs> <laughs> I was once. You was you were <laughs> once. So you're you're in your seventies. We don't need to get specific. Yep. you you know, you were born in Saskatchewan, raised in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. You you ventured into the banking world. Um, then you moved into work as a legal assistant mm-hmm. in Winnipeg, then eventually in Calgary, and then slowly you went and worked in other areas such as the Red Cross, the YWCA. You've been involved with lots of sports all the while. Uh, you've had some uh, interesting challenges with both vision and hearing, and we'd love to hear um, how that presented itself to you and and how you overcame or or overcome still to this day, or if that was even something that you saw as a as a barrier to you know, fulfilling your dreams. And um, we'll go from there. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think I owe a lot of it to my mother when um, I was born. And she knew very soon that I had this Usher syndrome, which is a genetic disorder. And it, uh, it affects your eyes and your ears. I was born with severe hearing impairment and um, retinitis pigmentosa, which means I don't have any peripheral vision at all. And uh, in my 60s, then, I was uh, diagnosed with macular degeneration, so it's affected my central vision. And uh, so now I'm just about totally blind. I can still see somebody wearing pajamas when they should be wearing jeans. (laughs) I did change. I didn't tell her. I went from pajamas to
2: more sweatpants. It was a long night. I can see that much. I can
1: see that much. (laughs) Thanks for calling me out on that, Diane. (laughs) But um, my mother um, never even told me that I had this particular um, affliction, you might call it, until I was um, probably in my 30s. Wow. And she just sort of let me live my life normally. She she never held me back in doing anything that I wanted to do. If I wanted to figure skate or ski or um, anything that I, you know, that, Mom, can I do that? Sure you can. And she would never say, no, you can't do it because you won't be able to see it very well. She just let me go for it. And, um... So so I grew up not knowing that I that I um was so affected this in this manner and and um I I I just carried on as, as as if I was normal. And when I found out I wasn't normal, that was a that was a whammy to take, I'll tell you. Yeah, I hated that moment too. It was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um yeah, so so I owe a lot to my mom and I think she she handled it she handled it perfectly for me. Um it gave me uh like I, I wasn't afraid of doing anything or trying anything and um I I didn't even know what I was missing. I I just didn't know what I was missing. I thought at night when I would go out in the dark um and I couldn't see anything. I thought, well, nobody can see in the dark, nobody, <laughs> nobody can see in the dark, so I just <laughs> went along my merry way, but, um, and it wasn't until I I was in my 30s that um, um, my Aunt Mona saw me get up out of my bed, we were at a cabin at a lake, <clears throat> back in Manitoba, and she, um was watching me get out of bed to find the bathroom and I was groping my way around the beds and there, I, it, it was a strange setup. But anyway, I finally found the bathroom and then got back into my bed and in the morning my aunt said, Diane, you need to go and see an ophthalmologist. And I said, why? And she says, you can't see. And I said, I can't so. She said, you couldn't see to go to the bathroom last night. I watched you. And I said, well, nobody can see in the dark. <laughs> so I had this big argument with her. But anyway, I did go to the ophthalmologist. And yes, I, uh, that's when I found out that I had this disease. Yeah. Were you by any chance upset with your mom when you found out that you'd had it? I should have been, but I wasn't. I was, I was. I was grateful to her. Wow. I was grateful to her. Um, There are people that were mad at her. Yeah. But um, not me. No. No, I was grateful to her because it it would have held me back. Yeah. um,
3: But you know what? I think that that speaks to the type of person you are, that story right there, right then and there, and how you went automatically from thinking that everybody could see in the dark to having to go to the ophthalmologist, finding out that, in fact, you have this um, retinosa pigmentosa, retinitis, retinitis pigmentosa, and then going like right away to gratitude for your mom instead of being upset and negative. And that's the thing that I have admired so much with you and that I'm always in awe of is just how you bounce back from every single little thing that comes your way. You just have such a, a gratitude for for life, and I really
1: appreciate that about you. Thank you. Um, I have a lot of blessings in my life, you know. I have more blessings than I have handicaps. Or I don't even like to call them handicaps. I don't even like to say I'm disabled. I'm just not able sometimes. <laughs> not able sometimes. I'm not <laughs> able. <laughs> Aw. Uh,
2: you know, I've got to admit, I was telling uh, these guys earlier, when I was reading the email you sent us, sort of as a uh, biography piece for us to look over, um, you'd said something about reading lips. Mm-hmm. And... I immediately connected with that with my own well-being. Um, I have had hearing problems my entire life ever since I was a kid. And why I zoned in on that was because it felt like this very secret sort of private honor to have the ability to read lips. It was this little world that I could escape to and know more of what was going on than then people would know and I definitely wouldn't let on when I was younger. But there was a little bit of sadness inside me that came up when I read that. Um, Uh And I think it was the idea that maybe part of me thought I was missing out on something because I couldn't hear what was going on. Mm -hmm. I was reading lips just the other day because I'm lazy and I don't wear my hearing aid. But then I thought, what a privilege it is that I can actually read lips. Yes. Right? Yeah. So... yeah. go ahead
1: no it, it 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 got me through school and and um, thirty years of banking and then um, as a legal secretary and it, i I did have trouble being uh, with the legal secretary because uh, in those days we did shorthand. In those days, gee, but that dates me, doesn't it? He's so old. <laughs> no, I did shorthand too. <laughs> just so you know, Lisa's old too. It's good. I'm only in but my I couldn't. 60s. I couldn't write the shorthand and read his lips at the same time. So uh, I was just like it was. It was. It was a bit difficult. It, it really was. But um, my boss understood, and mm. he made sure that he stayed in one spot and didn't move around the room or anything like that. So he would you pretty good so
2: with the theme of this podcast being Mm -hmm. centered around Mm well-being it also prompts the idea of well what's the opposite of well-being and that's whatever words you want to come up with struggle or disconnection or all of that were there times throughout your life with uh you know this affliction what you called it earlier did you ever have moments of struggle that were maybe harder to deal with or share that that you might bring to light today? Oh, there
1: there would be a lot of them. Um, I don't know what I can come up with at the top of my head, though. Um, you mean you mean uh, something that that was. A little bit more challenging than I knew how to deal with. Oh yeah, it. Lots of times and lots of challenges. Lots of. Um, but I always had this presence of mind to to um, to just stop and think about it, and I, and and work it through step by step by step, and I get there. I get there, and I I. Uh, I under you know I I just i i I have to accept w- what it is that I have. I have to accept that, and once you I accept it, then i can um i can I can deal with it 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 uh, there are times maybe I didn't want to accept it. I, why can't I be normal like everybody else? like why me, why me? Well, why not me? Why not me? Um, i don't think that you 've been given any uh burden that you can't you can't you can't handle you're just not given that kind of burden and um there are some burdens i wondered that other people have that i th- i couldn't do that i i couldn't handle that i couldn't do that you know uh, and a really dear friend of mine um who is suffering pain all the time. And I thought, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. But he does it. I've
3: even heard before, you know, I've heard somewhere where they've done an analysis where they'll ask somebody, if you could be in that other person's shoes, but you would never be able to be who you were or have your experience, would you? Mm-hmm. And that people just don't choose it. They don't choose to be somebody else because there's just so many
1: unknowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard a little, uh, uh, I, I don't know the, what you would call it, but um, it my grandmother that told me this. Um, she said, if you see down the road a line of garbage bags, just garbage bags, and each of those bags had all kinds of problems in them that people have and you knew what was inside those garbage bags of those kinds of problems. And yours was in there too, like mine would be in there too. Um, um, she said, my grandmother said, you would choose your garbage bag.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because... I always think that before we come to this earth, we choose all of our, our plights, our situations are. Our... So it's really interesting that, that analogy that you just told about the garbage bags. Mm. Cause I feel like we do choose it. We choose it ahead of time, even before we come here. That's how I, that's how I see it. So, um, interesting it's very interesting look i can't bang the table but i'm gonna bang my chest for you so have you jumped out of an airplane oh yeah (laughs) what (laughs) sure really (laughs) sure couple of times i'm envious because that's something i
1: really want to do
0: oh do it It's yeah Yeah, have you ever gone bungee jumping
1: I won't do that. No. Isn't that funny? Why not? I I, uh, I, I, just can't imagine my ankles being ripped <laughs> out of my legs.
0: <laughs> well, so when did you jump out of an airplane?
1: When was that? Oh, I was about, it was back in about 1996, I think. Oh. 96, 97. Yeah. That wasn't
0: that long ago.
1: No, not too long ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not too long I ago. I plan to do another one. You do? Wow, mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. When
1: are you doing
3: that? Maybe on my 80th. Can I go with you? Yeah,
1: you can. Okay, Lisa has Let's been
3: looking. Let's do it. Let's she, do it. She really has. She's been looking looking for someone to jump out of an airplane yeah. with. Yeah, I want to jump out of an airplane. Okay. And I don't.
0: But I want to do it without a shoot. So what I want to oh. do... Oh. <laughs> I want to do it with somebody jumping out with a chute, and then I dive down and catch them, and then they, they bring me down. You save them, or uh, they save you? They save me, I guess. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I guess I could yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That was a good question. Uh, that's running with the wild. Um, yeah, well, I, I would do a tandem jump first.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I did a tandem jump, and you go up 10,000 feet. Right. And you free fall for 40 seconds. And you put your microwave on it for 40 seconds. It's a long time. Wow.
0: It's like being on stage and doing comedy. Yeah. When you do stand up yeah, comedy, they yeah. go, you got 30 seconds. Like, yeah. oh, that's nothing.
1: Yeah.
0: So it feels yeah. like an hour later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an hour later, um, yeah. Um, so the it, same thing with parachuting yeah. is 40, 40 seconds in the air that you free fall.
1: But the second, if I can tell this story, uh, the, the second jump I made, I, it was a solo, and you only go eight thousand feet, as opposed to ten thousand. And um, <clears throat> you, when you, when the plane is up there and you're ready to jump out, you got to get yourself out of the door of the um, of the airplane and hang on to the wing like. The, the the bar that holds the wing to the 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 body of the plane. Yes. And you hang on to that and you're just dangling. You're just dangling. And then the pilot says, Jump! Jump! Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, and I'm thinking, I don't want jump. <laughs> so you let go, you let go, and the first thing, you you have instructions all day long before you go up. Right. And the first thing you're supposed to do when you get Airborne, you look up into the uh, the the chute and to make sure that it's not tangled. Mine was tangled. No, yeah, oh my goodness. And so th- I had to spend uh, quite a few feet <laughs> going down <laughs> without a chute and <laughs> trying to untangle it. And then I finally got it untangled, and I looked down and I had no idea where I was. No oh, wow. idea. I. I, it was just a patch quilt work, you know, a quilt work patch, whatever you call it. Patchwork quilt. Yeah, you whatever. Gotta, whatever. It's the <laughs> <like laughs> ground coming towards got you at it, an extreme anyway. rate. You <laughs> got <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> Screw the quilt. Let me
2: figure out where I'm supposed to go.
1: Yeah. So, um, and I had no idea where the target was. The You know, it's a bullseye that you're supposed to land on. Right. It wasn't any... I, but just before I went up to, um, up in the plane, I said to my inst- my uh, instructor, I said, I, I need to tell you that I don't see very well, and I don't have any depth perception. And he said, you're telling me now. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I think we, he didn't say I couldn't go. <laughs> He didn't say that. He just said, "I'll put a radio on you, so oh, that's that we great. can we can give you instructions <laughs> on the way down." That was that was that was a blessing. That was a total blessing because when he saw I was in trouble, <clears throat> and he say uh, toggle left, toggle right, right, yeah.
2: I think I'm going to give you a new nickname called Side Note Diane. (laughs) (laughs) Diane.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. Anyway. So uh, he he, he got me down, but by the time I saw the ground just looming up in front of me so fast and you had to flare, that's pulling both of them down, both toggles down. I was so tired and so weak. My arms could hardly pull them down. I just... Got down and my I hit the ground and my right foot hit an incline in in on the ground. It just went up like that, and my foot stayed there, and the rest of my body went right forward, oh, and no. I broke every bone of my ankle oh, and my no. foot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I want to go. And like then you learned down.
2: how to tap dance six months later. I, I did right? so.
1: How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually tell her that.
0: She's, She's very. Intuitive. Intuitive. Known to be quite <laughs> <therapeutic> <laughs> at times. I'm just curious with in, impaired vision, if I guess that's the way I could put it. Do you have a Get fear down. of heights? <laughs> what is there? Do you have a fear of heights? No, I love height. I see. I have a fear of heights. That's why I want to jump out of an airplane.
1: Oh, you okay? Okay, you want to? You you? Yeah, good good plan. Right? Yeah. That's terrible Yes. I want to be terrified. I would just go up a light of stairs if I were you. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights.
0: I, I know I went um <laughs> what do you call that thing? The uh, you know, what do you call it? Real, oh, man, come when on, you throw No, rod? when you're on a line, you know. Oh, ziplining. line. Zip zip line. Oh, I yeah. went ziplining in souk, right? For the oh. ad- things. And and anyways, my stepson was wearing a he was wearing the um GoPro camera. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. But we had to go across that really rickety bridge and it was way high up in the foliage, right? I mean I was cling I was hanging on to tree limbs. I mean I was hugging trees just I couldn't look down at <laughs> just pair of eyes. So I went across <laughs> the bridge and it was very scary for me. And he captured mm-hmm. everything and the guy is really, you know, going like you can do it, you can make it. Come on, you can do it. But when we watch the GoPro tape later, I was like, what's taking her so long? Like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> anyway, that was a bad story. You you story. Feel we might need vulnerable. to edit that story out.
1: You feel very vulnerable.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Do you think that when you when you jump out since today's topic is presence? I mean, I don't know. And being I think presence is partly being in the moment. Really oh, it is actually, it's totally being in the Definitely moment, I suppose is.
1: that's what I learned from my dogs, really? Live in the now, yes, yeah. you know that's yeah. something in my dog-
0: me too, actually, yeah. they do, yeah. and someone said, no, they have histories, and they have memories, and I'm like, I know, but they don't think about that, no, they don't I mean, they might yeah. react or be triggered by something mm-hmm. from the past, but they but right now, i mean i'm looking at I'm looking at Emily's dog and. She's just laying on the floor going, right now I sleep. That's yeah. all. Yeah. It's not a whole lot to think about.
1: Uh, no, they they uh, they don't worry about the past, and they have no idea what the future is going to bring them, and they just ride with the flow. And they don't just see?
3: love in the moment.
1: Oh, they do. Constantly. They're amazing, amazing animals.
3: And you know what else is wonderful about you is your sense of humor. Oh? Like <laughs> the time I came over to pick you up. And you'd had your makeup all done, <laughs> and instead of the eyebrow pencil on your eyebrow, you had what did you do lipstick uh, on liner your eyebrow? maybe oh.
1: no no, that was your mother <laughs> <laughs> same thing okay well i'll 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 give you the credit. Jen came to pick me up one one day and and she opened the the door to my house and she took one look at me. And over laughing and laughing. And I said, what's so funny? And she says, God, I'd love starting my day with you. And I said, what? And she you've got blue eyeshadow on your cheeks. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that nice. was my mom. That was my mom. And blush on my eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. But
3: you just laugh about it. You just laughed. So Diane,
2: <laughs> in terms of where you've spent time in your life in the outside world, you know, you were in banking, you're in the law system, and eventually you moved into uh, being part of a board. You did a lot of volunteering. Can you tell me a, a little bit about what that transition was like? Um moving into that type of sort of social work because what I've noticed within this first part of the podcast today is you have a very optimistic upswing energy about you and you always seem to be able to grab these little special ways of uh, connecting to each, each one of us with sayings or quotes and all of that. So I imagine you fell into a lot of mentorship kind of roles. Share share a little bit about of your time, a bit of your time with working with community, with the Red Cross and the YWCA.
1: Well, actually, it, it wasn't really all that involved, except that I was there um, three, four times a week but I was teaching aerobic classes and fun and fitness for seniors, which is a lower, you know, aerobic kind of classes. I I, I was an instructor. And um, uh, I was on the board of directors as a volunteer, yeah. But um, it, you know, it, it wasn't a... a a pivotal role or anything like that. It was just a c- contribution I could make. Um, what about the volunteering you're doing now? I I haven't done a lot of volunteering right now, but I did do a lot of volunteering at the Sandwich Peninsula Hospital when uh, and and uh, I've kind of fell into that because I uh, I was taking care of my mother and uh, my stepfather and uh, two of my aunts. And they uh you know some of them were in there all together at one time. And then one would die and you know <laughs> that's the way it life goes. And um so I I was there every day. I was there every single day. So I thought, well, while I'm here, I may as well volunteer. Hey, that rhymed. It does. <laughs> You're so <laughs> talented. Pretty good. I'm a poet. <laughs> And
0: now you know it.
1: <laughs>
0: what kind of what kind of volunteer
2: work would you do in the hospital? I know that hospital well and it's such a great place. Yeah. There's so many incredible yeah. people that yeah. work there.
1: Well, I, I would just do mundane things like water the flowers or deliver the mail to all the rooms or something like that. My stepfather was in a wheelchair and I'd put the mailbox in his um on his lap and um And all the mail would be there, and I had a little tiny Yorkie. She was about three three pounds, I think she was. She was just a tiny little thing. I'd stick her in the mailbox, and she'd ride (laughs) along, and we looked like the dog and pony show. (laughs) (laughs) So we we entertained a lot of people. Yeah. It was nothing major that I did. I didn't, uh, you know...
0: Now see that's where it comes back to the topic of presence because it is major
1: oh, okay,
0: it yeah. is major, yeah well. you're there, and you're there for them that's major
1: well and while I was visit um delivering the mail and things like that, of course, you know you sit and talk with with the patients in their beds and try to find out how they're doing in the during the day and all that kind of thing so yeah it was a it was a way to get them to communicate for sure and I always had my dogs with me. <clears throat> I had two yellow labs, and uh, they always came with me to the hospital and they did the rounds with me and and um and they had a resident dog there named toby and he was um brought to them when he was about three months old and beautifully beautifully trained. He knew all his boundaries um all around the hospital, he um, uh, knew the the invisible line was that he couldn't leave the extended care area into the acute. He was never allowed in the acute. <clears throat> and if I had to go into the acute, he'd stop at the line and wait until I got back. Um, I talked like he was my dog then, but he wasn't. But I fell in love with that dog. And one day he got hit by a car in the uh, parking lot. We we feel that it was done on purpose. We feel we know who did it. And he dragged himself back into the hospital, dragged himself all the way down to the nurse's station, bleeding. And um, they rushed him to the vet, and they were going to take off one of his legs. They decided to try and save it and he was going to have to go to um, a kennel to recuperate. And I said, let me take him home, and I'll look after him at home. So they gave him to, they let me do that. And then when they, when he was all better and he was walking again and and, uh, they saw where I was living, I was living on a five acre property at the time and I had a bunch of other dogs and so, they came to get him to take him to the hospital, and they took one look at him and looked at me, and they said, I I don't think we should take him back to the hospital, so they let me keep him. Oh, what's mm-hmm. his name? I'm- I was just thrilled to death. <clears throat> and that dog, he was an African bush dog. He was conceived in Nigeria, West Africa, and... Um, uh, he, he was a medium size. He, was he, was, he wasn't a large, large dog, he was a, kind of a, about the size of a Labrador, but, but a bushy dog, a bush dog, like a husky-looking dog, yeah. He lived to be 18 years old. Wow. Yeah.
3: That's amazing. Yeah. And so, Diane, I know you quite well, mm-hmm. and I know that, I would say probably that your biggest passion is animals, would I be correct? You'd be absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. So I I don't really know any other people that have the the heart that you do for animals and you do absolutely anything. You've had so many over your lifetime. You've had so many that have haven't been well that you've taken in under your wing and you've cared for. And when we talk about this topic of presence, we touched on it briefly mm-hmm. about dogs and how they are in the moment. And, um, I'm just wondering, I wanted to just bring to the listeners, find a way to bring to the listeners, the, the depth that you have to you, the things that, that are so incredibly important and that you're you're passionate about. And I'm wondering if you can speak to, um, animals a little bit and what it is about them that, that brings this out in you.
1: Well, the first thing I can come up with, and it's really true, is they're a lot easier to live with than men.
3: <laughs> I like <honesty>. that answer. <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs>
1: and you've had experience there as well. And they don't talk back to you. They don't argue with you. And and they love you unconditionally they no, love matter you, no matter yeah. what you do, yeah. I, I, just, <clears throat> I think it i think probably the passion that I have for animals is uh one of the reasons for sure is that um i had such um pretty horrific experiences in the in the past in in some of my um relationships with relatives or husband or whatever, and um, I never felt safe, I never felt safe at all, and when I sh- was able to have a dog, I noticed the shift in my energy was so profound, it, it just took my breath away, it, it, was, ju- it was just a calmness, I thought, I'm safe. And uh, that's what they bring to me. Is they—they they, they not only love you unconditionally. They protect you. They would never hurt you. They would never—they would never want to see you hurt. They would, gu- gu- you know, guard you. They—they—they they, they do so much for you. And I—I I picked up on that so fast, and I thought this is. This is beautiful. This is really, really beautiful to be able to have the honor of having a dog in your life. It's just. the other animal I love just about as much as dogs, if you know, or equal, or or horses. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend Jen took me to um, a healing horse twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twice. Yeah, and it was a Amazing experience! I've never heard of a healing horse before. I didn't even know that they they were any different than the other kinds of horses. The owner of the horses said they're different because their hearts are so big, not just physically they're big. Mm -hmm. Their heart is bigger. Literally bigger. Yeah. 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 It that was that was Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, and I had an amazing. It was an awesome experience with, with Luke. With, yes. Uh, my... Uh, the medicine horse. The medicine horse. Oh, God.
2: Really? You, the I timing know. of this conversation is crazy. I met with someone on Friday at a oh. coffee shop, and they uh, had a discussion with me about it, and I made the decision on Friday that I was going to go and do a session and then bring my family as well after mm-hmm. I'd done it for myself. hmm and i also learned something about it is that they horses naturally do something called constellation work and uh i encourage anyone uh listening to check out constellation work it's a very unique what would you even call that i mean it's like a healing circle it 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 comes from africa from i believe the Zulu tribes but probably need to fact check that um but apparently horses do similar energetic work with the ancestors and and all of the healing that needs to occur for the person that they're helping um what transpired inside you when you went there can you can you share some of that um well
1: the horse do you want me to describe what the horse does whatever whatever calls yeah. to you what
2: we want to know as much about Diana as we can learn mm. today, so Your
1: what experience. about you yeah. well i noticed I noticed that the the horse was interested in me hm mm. um, he was curi- i don't know that he was curious, but he looked very, very wise at me like i i know you i I know all about you yeah. It, uh, I, I could see that. I, I don't know how I could see it, but I could see it. And I'm blind. I, I just can't figure that one out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, I, and I still have the image of you with Luke in my mind as clear as day. Yeah. Just the two of you with you holding
1: his muzzle. Yeah. So can you talk about that a yeah, little bit? Yeah. He, um, <clears throat> he first started out with just, I had my hands clapped, and he would push them apart. Pushed them apart, and then he would rub his nose up my, up my, um, up my arm, and to my heart, and up my arm and to my heart, and up to my heart. I don't know if they're trained to do that no. actually, or is it just a natural thing that they do? But um, and then um, he started, he started to muddle around my face a lot. And then he would put his head on top of his, the, the bottom of his jaw on the top of my head and push down really, really hard as if to exercise something out of me. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Um,
3: Very deliberate actions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely was. Like he was pushing so hard and I was going, my head was going right into my shoulders practically. And I. And I thought, when is he going to stop this? I didn't want him to, because it wasn't but, scary. No, no, it wasn't scary at all. No, it was uh, it was beautiful, really. It really was. And then um, he he would he would walk away, and then he would come back, and he'd start all over again. And he did. He he'd go outside the stable and shift his energy, and come back, and and. Um, she stayed with me for quite a while, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Longer it than, was a
3: really long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, Tina, who owns the horse, said she actually saw colored lights, um, like an aura around yes. me. She could actually see colored lights all around me. And she said she'd never seen that before, and mm-hmm. I don't know what that meant. It means you're special. <laughs> special because <laughs> I'm special. Yeah. Sure emanated Christmas lights because we're talking about <laughs> presents.
0: <laughs> I knew it.
2: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, you mentioned Tina's name and that's exactly who I'm going to go see. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. well known in the community and we'll we'll add a link um in the description of the episode in the show notes, just to connect with that. And I look forward to oh. having an experience there. Oh, you will. I uh <laughs> two of my older sisters ha- sisters had horses growing up. And um I had maybe not a fear, but a resistance to them as a young kid. Um, the horses would be ridden every day and One of my sisters was sick one time and I went on the horse that was hers and just followed my other sister. And um, I realized I had zero control that it was just following the other horse. And my skills didn't match my sister's. And so when my older sister started cantering down the beach, the horse I was on started cantering I started getting quite afraid, and then she just jumped over this massive log, no big deal, and my horse did the same, and I went over and oh. came down and smashed my face oh. on its um, oh. neck as it as it kind of brought its head back up and then fell off, and that hurt. And I said never again, so definitely some peace to be made with, with some horses. Yes. It's not that I haven't been around yeah. horses since yeah. then, but... Uh, there's something there. Yeah. Like to look at that. So when you said it kept doing uh, what it was doing with your arm and drawing that energy to your heart, Mm -hmm. going away, coming back, I had a whole story of what was going on there in my head in relation to my own life experience. What did it mean for you? In a tangible way, if any. How did you translate that into your life experience in terms of what you interpreted the horse to be healing for you in that moment?
1: I think he was trying to give me good energy to put into my heart. That my interpretation of it, it might be wrong, but it was my interpretation that he, he was trying he was it was almost like he was trying to give the energy from his heart through his nose, through his face, uh, up my arm, and into my heart. He wanted to give me that good energy because I could feel good energy in the horse.
2: And was it a general good energy, or did you then place that energy somewhere? Did you go anywhere within yourself to, to do an additional healing?
1: No, no. I was right of presence of mind, and um, I didn't go off into a trance or anything like that. It's all natural just received yeah. it
2: mm-hmm. and what what is love for you diane
1: what is love what for is me? love well love is um love is 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 it's just being in 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 a world of um People and animals and nature and the environment and 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 spreading that love all around as much as possible and, and in return also receiving love. Um, it's um It's not a tangible thing. Love isn't a tangible thing. It People fall in love and out of love and things like that, but tell me about it, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one I don't know how else to put it. Like, somebody else could probably do it much more intelligently than that, but that's my take on it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Wow. Someone recently
2: uh, made a comment indirectly uh, to a group. wasn't spe- you know specifically directed to me. They were talking about any time we go out on, out into the world and help or offer support or love or any kind of teachings, we first must have self love. Yes, and. We're so much better equipped to do that healing work and, and contribute when we have taught ourselves how to not only receive, but direct love inward. You come off very strongly energetically. From the moment we met, you gave me a hug at the door when we mm-hmm. greeted you. You came from a place of gratitude for for being a part of our day today, but really I think we're the lucky ones. Mm-hmm. It seems that throughout your life you've really come to be um, just love in human form, and uh, that's what I feel contributes to your presence here today and for the listeners. I'm sure it can be felt in a tangible way, even though you said it wasn't, <laughs> through, through this recording. Um,
1: I, I hope
2: so. Yeah. So, so. so I really wanted to thank you for that offering to perfect strangers, you know, pieces of your heart. Uh,
1: thank you. Yeah. I, it, given with, with pleasure, believe me. Believe me. Jen?
3: Well, I'm just thinking about how much, how much I love you. hmm. Uh oh. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> you made me cry with the dog stories. <laughs> I know. If anyone can see us, you can see tears coming and going, and <laughs> it's really beautiful. Um, but I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you. And I've told you many times in many ways, in cards and in person. Um How much you mean to me. And again, I think it's because you have this ability to be present and you just radiate gratitude and moving through any obstacle. In fact, you don't even really look at things as obstacles, you look at them more as opportunities. And I just, I will forever be changed by remembering stories that you've told me and just being around you and witnessing trials and tribulations that you go through in your life, even now, you know, with the big dump of snow we just had. And you texted me and said, well, I'm going out there, I'm all bundled up and I'm ready to to get my stairs all empty of the snow. And I just about had a heart attack. I'm like, but you're blind. I'm going to come over, even though it's hard for me to get there. (laughs) And you're just, nope. Don't even bother because if I fall, I've got lots of cushioning. I'm wearing lots of layers. I mean, this is just who you are. And, and so when you said, what? You want me on your podcast? What do I possibly have to offer? Hmm. I mean, you have everything to offer just because of who you are and how you conduct your life and, and how you love and how you are grateful every day so I thank you for that and for your presence in my life and you make the world a better place
1: okay you've made me cry
3: (laughs) okay
0: well we're gonna let you cry let's give just give you a minute 60 thank
1: you
3: Jim
0: 59
1: (laughs)
3: you're allowed to cry
1: I know
0: I don't want to take that moment away. That's why Emily keeps going. Lisa. um that was a beautiful exchange.
1: It was of and love. she knows I feel the same way about her. I've learned so much from Jen. I've learned so so much from her. um It's almost like she's my mother. <laughs> Sometimes we get we get that yeah. we get that
3: Diane.
1: <laughs> I want
0: to thank you for having the courage to come over here today and do this podcast with us, and bringing forward your beautiful humanness <laughs> and actually your beautiful spirit too.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's been an honor. It really has been an honor. I, I, uh, yes, I, I was. I, what am I going to offer? Um, you made me feel very, very blessed and very comfortable. And yeah, well, I can um, tell you a lot, but time is limited. I'm sure.
2: Um, we're not. Uh, opposed to having repeat guests, Diane. Mm-hmm. So would would be honored to have you back down the road. So, really? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we've just begun. <laughs> just move on. Give the surface. I, I was going to say. I know. Did I you? almost sang it as well. Um, so to our listeners, it's be the triad plus one show. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Triad plus one. So, um, Diane, mm-hmm. uh, for our listeners, I just want to to offer, to, to take a, a page from the book of Diane and consider, you know, what she's brought to you all today and, and to us here in terms of finding her own way to well-being. And it's with, it's with great honor that we sign off on our first interview in this podcast, episode two. We're going to sign off. Lots of love. Stay connected.